Our God has been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen, he doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with treats. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whisperers. Hey, welcome to The God Whisperers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. And I'm Bill Swirlow. Today we're talking about the Lord's Prayer. We're going to get into daily bread. That's petition number four. Number four. Yeah, the middle one. That's right. This is the chewy nougat center of of the prayer of Jesus. I've decided to call it the prayer of Jesus. Swirlow's giving you the middle one today. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) I never quite thought of it that way, but uh, now that you mention it... it Uh, You said it was the middle. It is the middle one. Uh, Hey, if you want to call us and leave a message on our voicemail, on our listener comment line... Area code 626-593-7713. If you want to listen to us on our website, where do people go? That would be at uh, godwhispers. Are we org or com? I've forgotten now. Dot com. Dot com. Godwhispers. Dot com. And our email is godwhispers at gmail. Dot com. Gmail. Dot com. And don't forget when you go to the God Whispers web- website, be sure and visit our swag store where you can get all sorts of amazing, amazing articles for your house and your home. Have, have you for seen, yourself and your Have home. you seen the tie dyed T shirt? No, actually, this is a custom job. This, this is, is not. A, this a, is a work of art. I wish we could. I wish we could offer this at, <laughs> at of course, huge prices. But uh, but it was, I don't know how you say her name, but but Billy with a Y E, right? Who uh, won? She was the one thousandth participant on the endless thread, which is now past fifteen thousand. <laughs> Or is that fifteen hundred rather? Uh, no, the last time I looked, it was it was fifteen thousand. That'd 15, be scary. I added a zero. Fifteen hundred and fifty-eight comments and growing. I should work for the government. I just add zeros. So we've surpassed the uh, creationist thread, and we are now shooting for the ablaze counter. That's right. And if you don't know what we're talking about, if you go to Wittenbergtrail dot you can the ninjas. Uh, they're the ninjas of Lutheranism. The, the ninjas of Lutheranism. Yeah. You can join a whole underground Lutheran movement there, and uh, you must join the God Whispers group for all sorts of fun, frolicking recipes, recipes, uh, grammatical tips. <laughs> <laughs> you can persecute my haiku, pro- my awful typing and lack of haiku education. Poetry. Uh, oh gosh, we've got we've got underwater photography. Yep. <laughs> Yep, <laughs> we got I, I think I posted some vacation pictures up there too while I was at right. it. So yeah. and and a borscht contest in the works. Yeah, which you're judging, and I, that's really that, no one will win <laughs> if I'm judging the borscht scary. contest. Having an Italian judge a borscht contest, I will have a puke bucket handy. <laughs> <laughs> just just put some good vodka in the freezer. You'll be okay. Yeah. You know? just, man, that's just going to be rough. That is not right. Yeah. So I uh, had a great borscht while I was on vacation. That's right. Yeah, you were over in, at Wally's in, in New England and uh, south of New England for the colors. Oh man, we were leaf peeping big time. Leaf, we we were chasing peak color like there was no tomorrow. It was just great. I, I miss New England. My days out there that was fantastic. I can see why. Yeah, it's gorgeous. You know, those especially sugar- I was on the coast, which makes it even better. Yeah, you know, the coast was a little. The colors aren't as good. Yeah, 
but life is much better. <laughs> well, you're talking coastal <laughs> Connecticut or something? Yeah. Like Mystic Pizza? I, I had lunch at Mystic Pizza about once a week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I actually did. We by drove the way, by. folks, their pizza is just a little better than Pizza Hut. It's it's good, but it's it's nothing to write home about. Their salads is where it's the at. The movie rocks, though. I like the movie. The movie was good. My my brother was in that, Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, was he? So now, he's not the guy on, on Law & Order, is he? No, that's no, another that's different. That's, okay. Actually, that's the actor. My brother wasn't actually in it, but, uh, oh. <laughs> but my brother is Vincent D'Onofrio. There's a long story behind that, and we don't have time for it, do we? <laughs> We could take up a whole hour. It's it's okay. It was a great vacation, though. Uh, we we uh, we were in Vermont and New Hampshire, and then Eastern Pennsylvania. And the the color was it was, I hate to say it, but it was a blaze with color. A blaze. It was no exclamation point or trademark behind that. It was <laughs> it was it was a blaze a with blaze, color. No trademark. I took I took uh, I think three hundred and five pictures. Well, considering you're and not using I'm, film, that's not that much. I know. It was, you know, it was a little, I still have bad film habits from my film photography days. But uh, now, now, thanks to the wonders of the Mac, I'm turning it into calendars and slideshows. Nice. And, and you can waste hours, literally, after a vacation just playing around with your pictures. It's, it's great. I'm, sure. I'm just having a ball. Yeah, well, you posted some of those on the God Whispers group on uh, Wittenberg Trail. I did. So. You guys were slow while I was on vacation. I, it was just trickling. I was following you in my eye touch. Yeah. And, and it's just too much. It's too big a pain I to type you, things you're, in. You're you know? kind of the, uh, the, I guess you're kind of the impetus for uh, conversation. I, I talk too much and I write too much. I well, I've given up writing since everybody just mocks my my awful grammar for, and for good reason. Penmanship <laughs> online and everything you're else. a bad example for the children. I'm a high school dropout. What do you want? <laughs> no, you're you may be, but but you also have a college degree and a postgraduate degree. <laughs> Let's. I've got a friend Tony. You can only fly that flag for so my long. My friend dude. Tony, he's a fellow college dropout. He got a double PhD, nuclear chemistry and physics. And they didn't make him go take the GED. He snuck through. The guy's still a high school dropout with two PhDs. You have to admire people like that. <laughs> I love them. I, I think. I think it just that just puts public education to shame right there. You know, no, if you know, I, I had it to do all over it. again, I would have quit high school at about age fourteen and gone straight to community college or something. Community college. Yeah. yeah. No, as long as as long as you do something constructive. You I know, played I mean, music. Play, I was, I, oh, that's right. I was a punk rock star. What do you want? That's right. Is, you know, fried a bunch of brain cells. Well, we're gonna we're gonna be debuting the Jesus is my friend commercial at some. Oh point. yeah, stay tuned for that one. That's gonna be like a mental virus. <laughs> once once that invades your brain, you'll Song never. Song is is hor- horrifying. Oh, we'll get threats it's, at that point. Horrifying. You think we're offensive now? Wait till that becomes our theme song. That, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna do it. Hey, I want to put in a plug for a book. Oh. I, I I don't read much anymore. I either do home improvement or I play around with my photography, but but uh, or dive, but but uh, but on vacation. To, or you do the God whispers. Or the God whispers. Yeah. yeah. Um, but on vacation, I, I was reading this this book that I've had in my hands for a long time by a, a guy. Now this can't be his real name, Vox Day. His real name is on the back cover. Or it on is the, on the back flap, rather. It is not. I'm pretty sure it is. Wrong. I was looking at it. Am I, am it, I it, we know that he's a game design expert and a libertarian opinion columnist, which is why I know him because I like his blog column a lot. Yeah, World Net Daily. Yeah, um, and uh, he's Menza Smart. His real name isn't there. No. I thought it was no, and he and and he he messes in science fiction stuff, and and he's the inventor of the War Mouse trademark, whatever that is. I'm not a gamer, so I don't know about War I, Mouse. I think the War Mouse is probably uh, uh, some mouse that you put armor on and oh. send him in a battle against rats or something. Well, here's the cool thing though: is that that he's also he's Christian. I think he's some sort of Baptist. 
Yeah, we will. Um, yeah, we will <laughs> we'll cut him a little slack for that. Um, but he's a, he's quite a good apologist, you know, in kind of a kind of a young, hip, snarky, smart sort of way. And uh, and he snarky, snarky. His footnotes are truly snarky. I mean, there's. I've, so, I've read some of his articles. He can be that way. Yeah, they're yeah. They're, they're they're self-referential, and, and they're, I mean, it, it's 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 fun. But but he takes on what he calls the unholy trinity of atheism, and that's Richard Dawkins, uh, Christopher Hitchens, and and Sam Harris. And uh, I mean, th- these are these are these are like the big three of, of Sam Harris. Of, wasn't he uh, one of the uh, finalists uh, back when? Um, what was that show? Not American Idol, but uh, the one with. <laughs> <laughs> that was a different Sam Harris, I think. I think we're talking about a different guy, um, but I'm mostly familiar with with Richard Dawkins, the uh, the the former biologist turned atheist theologian, and uh, and and he he's truly kind of a fright to to listen to. But 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 Vox does a really nice job. The book is called The Irrational Atheist: Dissecting the Unholy Trinity of Dawkins, Harris, and Hitchens. And uh, he does a really nice job, and, and he basically says flat out that he's not trying to convert anybody. You know, he doesn't care whether you believe or not. You know, that's your problem. Uh, but, but he basically is just holding him to account as being uh, dishonest, uh, you know, misrepresenting facts, using illogical arguments. And, and so he doesn't use scripture. He's not using revealed, you know, revealed knowledge at all. It's just simply on the basis of their arguments, dissecting their arguments. And I think he does a really credible job with it. I really recommend it to people who are kind of tuned into what's being said in the atheist world so these days because they're it, getting aggressive. So it's a treatment from logic more than anything. It's it's logic and the facts. Okay. And and the guys the guys really well read or man is he fast on Google one or the other. You know these days you can't tell when it comes to facts whether people read a lot or they're just fast on Google. This guy uh, Vox Day I think he was one of those homeschooler prodigy. Oh kind yeah. Of, yeah. Well. <laughs> Yeah he, yeah, he bears all the trademarks. Yeah, of that. this <laughs> guy is uh, scary smart. Well, I mean, look at the picture of that guy. You yeah, know, he's, yeah. he's an angry young man. He is angry, but <laughs> but in a fun sort of way with very snarky footnotes. And and uh, we would never be snarky on the God Whispers, though. Well, why do you think I'm recommending this? We, book? we are I, love and compassion I'm, incarnate. I'm, I'm 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 finding a reflection of my own snarkiness in this book. So can I have a hug? Uh, no, no, absolutely not. So. <laughs> So anyway, the irrational atheist by Vox Day. It looks self-published. BenBellaBooks dot com. I got it from Amazon. Uh, he was trying to get his uh, his book to go viral on Amazon, so I did him a favor and bought a copy. And uh, really do enjoy it. It's this is this is a worthwhile treatment. Uh, as I said, he's libertarian, he's Christian, and he's Menza smart. So uh, are, are there many pictures in there for me? Uh, no, there's a oh. few charts, but that might confuse you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, we're just we're getting nowhere today here. What what else? What else? Oh, email, email. You want to talk about email? Yeah, sure. Why not? We're halfway through the program. Let's, oh, let's not talk about anything anyway. Yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to the, the to daily bread here. <laughs> um, we had a, a guy named Seth uh, wrote. I guess he and his wife are arguing about something that that it's always nice to know that God whispers starts marital fights. You know, I, I this this is kind of a little sidelight. That's about, how you know it's quality radio. We, we uh, you know, we not only strive to be offensive, but we, you know, if we can get husbands and wives arguing, man, that's that's a. But but I guess the the, the he he was talking about um, talk, talking about uh, comment. I probably made it because I'm the animal lover. Though you got a dog uh, over. Um, over animals in heaven or something like that. Oh yeah, we 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 talked about that. I was explaining how my my Labrador would be in heaven because he was a confessing Christian. 
because he, <laughs> yeah. I, I said, if you believe Jesus is your Savior, speak. And yeah, he, some, he started somebody, barking, and um, I had sausage, but so, I, I think it was wrote sincere. That. I think it might have been the same guy, but but, but somebody was writing about uh, things like that, too. But, but uh, you know, it's it's been kind of, I, I don't know where I first kind of picked up on it, but it's been kind of my hobby horse to sort of um, work with this new heavens and new earth, new creation language, and uh, and kind of, I don't know, just address this this funny notion that we have of heaven. I, I swear, some of the pictures of heaven, you don't want to go there. I don't like harp music for one thing. I, I'm not just a huge <laughs> non fan of the harp, except in Celtic music when it's somewhat acceptable. But uh, but anyway, the the whole idea that heaven's these you know, this bunch of disembodied souls floating around uh doing basically nothing all day it just that sounds boring yeah well the nothing parts i think getting poked in the tuchus by a pitchfork in hell might be a little more exciting <laughs> well <laughs> that just might be your lot no <laughs> um but yeah, yeah i've been thinking about this and 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 it kind of goes backwards from from the the statement from jesus in the revelation behold i make all things new and, you know, in Greek, it's tapanta. It's everything. It's all things. Not all people. Not just it's all things. It's every, he's the word that made everything, and he's the word that redeems everything. But I, I kind of wrote back about this and said uh, you know, one of the things is that I've heard when I was a kid that human beings are the only things that have souls. Animals don't have souls. Yeah, that's pretty much common. But I don't know where that comes there. from. Where, where do you get that? Where, did you, where, where do you get that from? Pastor Chuck. <laughs> Pastor, nice. Uh, animals don't have souls. You know, if the soul is equated with the breath of life, then in at least three places in Genesis, anything that's alive has the breath of life in it. Okay, but you're going to lead me into veganism at this rate. Oh, forget about that. They were made to be eaten, all right? It's just that... Well, if they have souls, then what's wrong with cannibalism? Ah, you're missing the point, and and but you're leading into the point nicely. What is the big distinction between humans and the rest of the animal kingdom? Uh, the Imago Dei. Yes, there you go. That's it. It's you know, I mean, we're basically chromosomally, we ain't that far off, right? No, that's true. And and if you look at Genesis, we're both made from the dust of the earth. It was the earth that brought forth the beasts. You can even use some animal animal parts on humans. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I got a member's got a pig heart valve that's been working for I don't know how many years now. Excellent. It's amazing. Yeah. It's in fact, it's kind of scary that you can transplant pig parts. To I got it. a monkey brain. Yeah. Well, that was just an experiment <laughs> run gone bad. <laughs> But but it's not it's not in Hebrew the breath of life the nefesh hayah hayah no hayah this is not Japanese this is Hebrew Hebrew <laughs> is it, yes it's breathed into Adam but also the animals have the breath of life and God gives them for food in, in after the flood so there you go stoke the Barbie you know you're right. you're all set okay uh, I I think the soul thing is more Greek philosophy than it is biblical anthropology i have no idea where that came from you know, I, I don't know i just assume that it was common knowledge so there I, I was going with it the second thing kind of like the descent into hell in the creed oh don't let's let's, you know, go, let's that's, not go that's one of those questions we had a good we had a good pastor's discussion at our pastor's conference yesterday on that really yeah by the way we're going to invite your circuit to join us so you want to join us for uh for monthly pastors, I don't go to my own meetings. Why well, would I go to yours? Because we're cool. I mean, we we go out to lunch. We have we have a good oh. time. We talk oh. theology. Uh, see, then I'm the only one that would we're go. high octane, baby. <laughs> um, second, you know, and we talked about this before. The ark, Noah's ark, is had eight human beings and a whole load of animals. That's the type of salvation. 
Okay. So, you know, I don't see why I exclude animals. Yeah, that, from that brings us to First uh, Peter 3. Well, then, uh, should I baptize my dog? Uh, he, he, dog doesn't sin. He knows when he does wrong. No, he's just being dog and you don't like it. He knows that he's going to get punished. Well, that's that's different, though. <laughs> he, he just knows the, the lead dog's not happy. He knows that. dad didn't want me to do that, and but I'm going to be punished. But he's doing his dog thing, and it's just you don't like what he's doing when he's doing his dog thing. See, but I think No most, such thing as a bad dog. Most people obey the law for fear of punishment. Or fines. Than, or, that's punishment. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, it's more than that, though. It's more than that. That has see it's the, it's the, again the image of of God, you know we we fail to reflect the holiness and righteousness of God in our actions. Okay. Whereas the dog does not reflect the righteousness of God, no matter how doggy he gets. He does glorify God in his being a dog. Yeah, you ever um you ever hear the Benjamin Britten? But, but there are let, let me let me try this on you, and we'll come back to Benjamin Britten. I'm sorry, I cut you off, but. You got to cut me off in order to get a word in edgewise. This is most certainly true. That's why I married my wife. Same reason. She she's doesn't the only, talk. No, she's the only woman I knew who could get a word in edgewise. <laughs> Karen's actually fairly quiet, but you know I don't. When live she with interrupts, her. she interrupts. <laughs> but there are animals that do altruistic things. Oh come on! What are you talking? You about? You hear about a dog who runs into a burning house to drag a child out. Yeah, you're Labradors, attributing you're attributing altruism to the act. Okay, why would a dog run into a burning he, house he, he, when he's he's he, naturally afraid of fire? He'd drag one of the pack out for the same reason. He's got built-in instinctual loyalty. And we exploit it. We use that. We love it. We we call mm-hmm. we think he loves us. But but we're mm-hmm. we're part of the pack. This is why you're a cat person. Well, cats because are no cat would ever pull you out no, of a flaming building. No, they they just uh, throw gasoline on it if they no, could. they they would just they they <laughs> they ignore you they, while you burn. They'd rescue the, the the bag of cat food, and, you know, <laughs> grab the tuna. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Although cats have been known to wake up owners when something is wrong. This is true, but I think I interpret that as get me out of here. You know, in other words, wake me, wake up. You got to get me out of here. Oh, it's, that's a good it's point. It's self preserving. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I no, I have, I'm actually a dog person. I just don't have room for a dog. Although I have more room than you do. But but yeah, my wife insists on acreage before we get a dog. So well, so it is. Yeah, Rufus has taken off the neighbors' they, too much. <laughs> he's, he's getting a little out of hand. They had a rule in my house where I grew up. My mom had a rule: no free range animals. So we we could have confined animals: tropical fish, hamsters, turtles. We had all of them. But but if it wandered by its own will around the house. That just violated the boundaries of a German household. It was just frightening. So, yeah. no, just could not have. We, we never had indoor dogs, but uh, now I do. So. so, you know, and the whole image of heaven is a new heavens and a new earth or a new creation. I, I don't understand this notion that if Genesis 1 is the whole of creation, how come a new creation only has people in it? I mean, hmm. I expect trees and, and, and snails and all that, that good stuff and more. I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you got to assume if there's going to be grass and trees in heaven, why wouldn't there be birds? And worms. And why wouldn't there be dogs? And why wouldn't there... Of course, we all know why now, there wouldn't be cats. One thing that's... we have to shelve, and maybe we'll generate some email, is this whole concept of death. Okay, you know, because, right. because people say evolution's wrong because it's death-driven and there was no death because there was a fall into sin. But I wonder sometimes. I, 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 wonder whether, I wonder whether death has more than one sort of hmm. way of looking at it. Well, if you're eating 
vegetation, there's a death there. Sort of. When you ate apples and, and fru- fruits and nuts, that's embryonic life. So the apple tree doesn't die. Hmm. And that's, that's, its, that's its embryonic life. Which is an interesting shift. You notice the shift in food, which will get us to bread if we pursue the segue. Hang on. Is, is notice it was fruits and nuts in the beginning, but it was bread after the fall. Ooh. By the sweat of your brow, you'll eat your bread. Lechem, bread. Um, and, and see, bread is, the Bless food. You. bread is the food of affliction, of sin. Of, of, uh, that, that's, that's the result of our sin. And so you eat it by the sweat of your brow till the day you die. And, and so it's kind of interesting that, that in post-fall creation, bread is the, the, the basic food. It's elemental food. And Jesus is the bread of life. So he takes the food of affliction and he makes it the food of life. So kind of kind of hmm. cool there. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that brings us around Daily to... Daily bread! <laughs> I knew we could do it. We are 20 minutes and 18 seconds into the program. A God Whispers record. And we finally got to our... <laughs> <laughs> to our starting place. It's a God Whisperer's record. <laughs> Man, this is stellar. 1,558 comments on the stream and 20 <laughs> minutes into an episode, and we're finally getting to the point. 20 minutes and 35 seconds right you, now. Well, you can there. tell who has the stopwatch. <laughs> Give us this day our daily bread. What does this mean? It means what they all mean. God certainly gives daily bread to everyone without our prayers. That's really unfair. You know, that's just that that line ticks me off right there. Okay. You know, my 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 heathen neighbors and and the pagan down the street. I'm kind of glad because I forget to pray sometimes. Well, that's true. Okay, good point. All right. Even to all evil people. That includes you and me. That's me. But we pray in this petition that God would lead us to realize this. Aha. And to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. So it's not about the getting. It's about the realizing and receiving. There you have it. And what is meant by daily bread? Daily bread includes everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good (laughs) reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. In case we missed anything, the uh, you, you did you have a problem with self discipline there? Oh, see, that's how little discipline I have. I it's didn't. a it's a gift of daily bread. <laughs> Can't enjoy your daily bread if you have no self discipline. Ah, well, you know, I do what I have to do. I guess that's self discipline. That is about as comprehensive. It, it actually echoes the first article, kind yes, of. You know, right. what, clothing, shoes, food, drink, house, home, right? Et all of God's provisions for us, and uh, it, I mean, it's about as comprehensive as it gets. I, I like how it goes beyond just the stuff. I mean, there's certainly the stuff. Food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals. Oh, the animals get, get back. Critters. I, I love when the critters get in there. Um, but also, you know, some things we don't really think about, like um, rulers and government and weather. Wow, we're coming up on election. Uh-oh. This is, this is scary to think our options are God-given. I'm not sure our options are God-given, but... Good government is a gift of God. And here's a good question. Is bad government a gift from God? Yes. <laughs> good catechism answer there, Craig. All right. Only faith can say that, though. I That is said in pure faith. We right may there. need a lot of faith come November 5th, you know, I'm th- telling this you. This last Sunday, you and I probably both uh, preached on the same text as uh, render under Caesar what is Caesar's. Yeah. And... You know, I mentioned in my sermon, even Hitler 
was a gift from God in ways that we never may understand. Well, that'll get hate mail. Yeah, but uh, you know, God allowed Hitler to uh, have his evil rule for a time to to meet his own ends, and I'm not sure what those ends necessarily were. Uh, the church had to step up in a more orthodox way in Germany. Uh, you had the likes of Bonhoeffer and the underground church that uh, uh, had to go and define themselves a little more clearly, I think, uh, while the above-ground churches were flying swastikas and junk like that. But Not necessarily, but it, 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 my mother grew up in Nazi Germany, oh, so well, I, 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 know, I know at least the, from her accounts firsthand of what, what that was like. And, and you didn't have to be part of an underground or confessing church to be in opposition to the government. Really? Uh, oh, no, no. In fact... Uh, um, a lot of the pastors they they were they were carefully um, anti government. So in other words, you didn't you didn't make a big parade out of it, and you, you didn't go and and well they didn't have blogging, but you didn't do the equivalent of blogging about how much you hated Hitler. Uh, but they were very aware of SS sitting in the pews listening, and uh, and she she recalls that her pastor was always very very. Uh, circumspect in the way he prayed for the government hmm. that you really couldn't tell whether he was praying for Hitler or praying that Hitler would be overthrown or <laughs> it was just it was it was the most it was very carefully crafted and uh, and yeah behind the scenes they were helping people they were helping Jews uh, they were doing lots of things but but it was it was much more at the the very quiet kind of interpersonal level not the organized level that Bonhoeffer was right. was involved in, but it really did call Christians to to uh, take stock and and take you know they had to take some sort of personal stand in, in many respects. Yeah, I like to say that you don't make a Solzhenitsyn in the suburbs. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, there's there's a you know? there's a Christian who uh, whose faith was forged and and there's this brilliant uh, uh, witness to it in in the gulags of Siberia. Right under the communists. So, yeah, bad government is, is, is makes for bad living, but it doesn't necessarily harm the church. The church kind of gets steeled and strengthened and energized by it. So, Yeah, who was it? Lenin, I think, said uh, something to the effect of the harder you strike at Christianity, the deeper it goes. Yeah, he says like a nail. Harder yeah. you hit it, the deeper it goes. Yeah. The um, basically on the same text, I, I didn't. Uh, I kind of view that line of Jesus: "Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar." I, well, as a blow off line. Well, before you go there, it's interesting that Jesus is saying this at a time of persecution. Yeah. So it's it's not like Caesar's our pal. Well, and they've stacked the deck. They brought in the Herodians. <laughs> right. I love that. A Herodian and a Pharisee would not be seen no. together. No, the Herodians were a bunch of but, capitulators. But they want, they want him to answer this question in the presence of the Herodians who actually think King Herod is the legitimate successor to David and some think he's the Messiah. And so they're saying, "Okay, what about Caesar?" They want him to. They want them to hear Jesus' answer. It's just this gross setup, and he gives them this non-answer. Rendered, you know, first of all, whose face is on the coin? <laughs> and you know, Pharisees wouldn't even touch that money. So they're looking around, saying, "Anybody got a coin?" <laughs> so yeah, you know, Herodians probably got a coin. Okay, here's a denarius. And and so render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and then the kicker, and to God the things that are God's. Right. Now, what does that entail? Well, the temple money, of course. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and and so, but one line that I did say is, is come November 4th, the evening of November 4th, please remember, God can use any Caesar we throw at him. Right. 
and that and that's really kind of the thing is is quite frankly unless god reveals in some piece of sky writing what his will is i i don't think he cares about so much about the outcome of an election because he can use just about any caesar that uh we throw at him the question is what's what's it going to be like for us well and that (laughs) will bring us back to daily bread here as we wonder will we have bread in the near future as the economy slacks but you know what we're gonna talk about that in a couple of minutes we'll be right back (laughs) Welcome back to The God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. And I'm Bill Swirlo. We're talking about daily bread as we talk about the Lord's Prayer. Well, we're talking about everything but daily bread. Yeah, we're, think, this, is, this is in art they call this <laughs> negative space where you deal with everything but the subject. That's so. right. We, we are nothing more than a blank canvas that is proclaimed to be art sitting on the wall. Wow. That would actually sell. I never, I never thought of God Whispers as art. There, <laughs> we're kind of more like that guy that uh, hung a, a bunch of urinals in the museum and, and declared it to be art, and somebody bought it for like a million <laughs> bucks or something nuts. We, you know? we are the we are the the verbal version of Jackson Pollock. You know, just throw paint against a wall and see where it sticks. <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> okay. Well, so anyway, we are actually talking about daily bread, and I, I had to. Well, the the clock had to cut swirl off, and he was he was talking about gulags and and Nazis and all sorts of fun stuff. Well, it's an observation, and and Russia always bread lines were the big thing in Russia, and 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 right. even even when I was there, I was there in 1998 uh, for a few weeks in Siberia teaching, and didn't they have lines for everything though? Well, but bread lines were the big thing, and and that right. was that was the big thing when you went to the stores. Did you have any bread? Hmm. And and uh, and sometimes the bread cases were a little lean. We're not used to that. You go to the grocery right. store around here, and you've got you've got aisles busting full of bread. It's going oh, yeah. moldy on the shelves. Yeah. It, it's it's um, it's amazing how much. But but there it is it it would look a little bit. You know how these these little bakeries are, where they make only a certain amount of bread every day, and then right. by the end of the day. Like a good Italian bakery, or something it's kind of pick clean, right? And, they and they so make enough. You want anymore? You want to get there early, but it was kind of a barometer for the economy in general. Uh, was was bread lines? If there was if there was sufficient bread for the day, uh, you, you knew things. You, you had the sense that things were going well. But boy, when when things were going poorly, when the government was in trouble, the economy, or just just bad weather, famine, storms, or, or whatever. The, that when the bread lines hit, that that was a very bad sign. Mm. So we're not we're not too accustomed to that yet. When I <laughs> lived in Tucson, I had a a friend. His his wife called me one night, and she said, "Could you come over and give me a hand?" I, I, "What's up?" She said, "Simon had a meltdown today," and I, I was, well, "What happened?" And she said, "Well, he was at the supermarket in the jelly aisle, and she found him sitting there crying." And I said, "What?" He he, he just had the big culture shock moment. Where he said, in New Zealand, we have a shelf for jelly. Here you have like a whole aisle for jelly. Yeah, they have like five just kinds of all jelly. At once. Yeah, it's like, oh, you can have strawberry, blueberry. We have five kinds of grape. grape jelly. <laughs> right. And 18 brands of it. 
<laughs> so I would say in America we've had more than our daily bread up to this point, uh, but there have been times of famine also. Well, things are looking kind of kind of lean now, or at least potentially. So I I, I think we're beginning to see what happens when you have uh, an economy based on consumption, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, we don't uh, really create a whole lot anymore. No, and 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 then service oriented economy, and then you run out of money to consume, and your borrowed money goes down the tubes, and so now what? But uh, I'm I'm going to take up bread making again. I'm going to start making my own bread. You know, it's interesting that as we talk about daily bread, it's a matter of trusting that the Lord will provide. And bear with me here. It reminds me of Genesis 22. Where God says to Abraham, "Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the mount or, or to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on the mountains of which I shall tell you." So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to the young men, Stay here with the donkey, and I and the boy will go over there and worship and come to you again. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took, his hand, uh, in, he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they were both, both of them together. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? One of the greatest questions in the Bible. (laughs) Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar top on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. A long reading to get to one simple point. As things look dark and things look bleak, I mean, you have to realize Abraham was an old goat by the time that Isaac came along, and God promised him this kid. And here he is, an old man, and his only son that he had waited for his whole life, and God says, go sacrifice him. But he trusted the Lord, and the Lord provided. And what did the Lord provide? A ram, a lamb of sorts, I guess you could say, and a crown of thorns. Right. And here we find that the daily bread is provided, uh, even in this way. Interesting connection. Okay, good talking to you. We'll see you next week. I enjoyed the reading. I was just kind of kicking back, and it's kind of <laughs> kind of nice, uh, you know, just sitting listening to the scriptures. I, uh, it's it's an occupational hazard, you know. We we read all the time. We don't get read too terribly often. No, so it I, is nice to. Hear I was sometimes. enjoying being in the position of a hearer there, and, and, <laughs> but yeah, this idea that this trust that faith says the Lord will provide, 
Right. And and uh, and really, that trust is tested when the Lord doesn't provide. Indeed, immediately or provide the way that we think He should. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking for a quote here. Uh, it's in. I always quote from Martin Marty's book, The Hidden Discipline, but I think he has something on this in this daily bread thing. I'm hoping, yes, here's the paragraph. Um, For those of you who have a copy, it's page 78 of The Hidden Discipline. Oh, wait, let me go get mine. And and I have two copies. I'll give you one. Um, (laughs) He says this, this, uh, this this is another way of saying that the man who prays is giving thanks not only for the bread, but also for the hand that supplies it the divine arm that reaches out to him. He gives thanks unto the Lord and forgets not all his benefits, particularly the gift of Christ and his benefits. Now, here's, here's where it gets to what you're saying. He draws nearer at times when only the hand and not the gift is seen. Hmm. Uh, often when after 29 years of good years of marriage, the 30th bad year comes. Or after 14 years of peace, a 15th year of hostility comes. Or after 12 years of work, a year of unemployment comes. In that year, the hand of God is recognized as it had not been when it was full. But the man who is then drawn near to God is less likely to forget the hand that gives. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that, I think that, uh, that kind of leads us into to where we're, we're looking at a time <clears throat> of potential scarcity. Right. And and yet and and God God will uh, of of His good and gracious will permit that at times, so that we we learn to trust that hand that gives, and that promises to provide. Right, right. You know, um, you and I have both been through some pretty dark times in our lives and our histories. And uh, I, ha- I have those of us who know us personally and know our stories know a little bit about it. Oh no! But no, in, let's not in, get personal. In, no, in no, those no. times where things look the bleakest, and I mean deep depression and despair, I can't think of any time where I've known that I have no hope except in Christ. You know, when times are good, when times are are going smoothly, and I've got a great wife, and I've got a nice condo, and I've got you know all this stuff going on. I don't seem to have that urgency or that dire need for a savior, like when things are really bleak. That's yeah, that's that's true. Uh, that that ties back to you don't make a Solzhenitsyn in the suburbs. Yeah, um, you know I find that sort of axiomatic in my own life is when 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 things are flush and everything's working. Yeah, and it's like it just the whole that the first thing that dries up is prayer. Right, and. Uh, and and that's why I remember Kenneth Corby. He was he was he was talking on Philippians chapter four, where Paul says, "Be anxious about nothing." That's echoing Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. But in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Mm-hmm. And and Corby said this profound thing. And I may be repeating myself from a prior episode here, but but he said he said the with thanksgiving means to thank God for the situation that brought you to prayer. So uh, mm-hmm. are you in want? Then thank God for your poverty and pray for daily bread. You know, mm. are you without a job? Then thank God for the unemployment. Yeah. And and pray for a job. And then go look for the job that that God is giving you. It may not be the one you think. <laughs> right. When I was in seminary, I didn't understand Nagel when he'd say receive it as a gift. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't understand that. And then I hit really rock bottom times and then I realized that's what he was talking about. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, and I, I went through one of those uh, I think everybody who goes through the seminary goes through a rock bottom period. Mm-hmm. I think it's necessary. That's why it's good to go to seminary. So 
can experience <laughs> rock bottomness. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was it was it was a Nagel class too, and and it was a comment by by Doctor Nagel that talked about. Uh, faith giving thanks for you know the blessings that come you know every day and and then faith uh receiving uh the withholding of blessing hmm. as as a gift too and and saying sometimes god declines to give the lesser gift in order to give the greater sometimes i think you know the prayer how long o lord is a really great prayer that god wants to hear from us the how long o lord he's great you're talking to me <laughs> you know, this is this yeah, is good stuff. You're I, talking to me. That's I, I, good. I prayed that a lot when I was a, a delegate to the synodical convention. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of I, lot of prayer going on there. I'm I, telling I just you. visited one day, and I think I prayed that a few times. <laughs> just just in the gallery watching. It's holy cow. I've been here for 15 minutes, and it feels like a week. Tries a man's soul. I'm telling you. <laughs> but uh, no, this 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 idea that that uh, when we pray. Give us this day our daily bread. We we are we are praying a comprehensive prayer in trust that God knows what we need, like Jesus says, even before we ask. And He knows better than we do. Yeah. So it's again not a prescriptive kind of prayer. You know, uh, please uh, please uh, give me my my daily uh, you know uh, Asiago and rye and uh, a couple of nice bagels and some some cream cheese. That'd be nice. But but rather, you know, I, I like how Jesus has you pray unspecifically. Just give us this day our daily bread in the plural. Hmm. So not only for mine, but for everybody's. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. And, and if I happen to get some extra today, then I'm going to be the source of daily bread for that guy who doesn't quite have enough. Well, let's get into that. You, you alluded to this earlier that uh, when we give thanks for our daily bread, we're also thanking God for all the steps that it took to get to us and all the people involved to get to us. Also. Yeah, city kids don't get this. No. You know, you almost have to take them on a field trip. So I, I take them on a mental field trip, if nothing else, is, is you know, where do you get bread? And some of them don't, they don't know. Right. They, they, just, they think it, I have yet to see, you know, we sit around the table, we, we pray the Our Father, we get to the petition, give us this day our daily bread, and whammo, right in the middle of the table is a big <laughs> steaming loaf of bread. Now, that'd be impressive. Well, I mean, but just, it's not going to happen. You, you've got to go to the store. Right. You've got to have a wallet full of money, or at least a credit card that's working. Uh, there's got to be commerce. By a bank that's solvent. Yeah, by, <laughs> which is a little dicey these days. Uh, you know, even the money's a little dicey. You know, right. you have a chunk of gold bullion at some point. But, um, you know, and there has to be free commerce. There has to be good roads. Yeah. The, the bread's got to be trucked from somewhere. You need fertile soil. The, you need some manure. The, the, the baker, the miller, the farmer. Right. The soil. You know, my in-laws are farmers, and so they're, they're very religious people. Because because you you come to the end of the line of bread when you get to the soil and the sun and the rain and the seed. Beyond that, it's God. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, everything else you can kind of see the hands of men. But right. but like uh, you know the the Lutheran doctrine of vocation. Don't be deceived. That's the hand of God. At oh, work. absolutely. Yeah. So when we're praying and thanking God for our daily bread, we're thanking Him for our daily chicken, our daily beef. The farmers, the ranchers, the the people who make the feed for the animals, the the we're thanking God for the soil, for the rain, for the fertilizer, for the the big combine, for the people who make the combine. You know, I mean, we're thanking God for the whole economy, basically. Really, and and, that, and Luther anticipates that with that big long list: good government, peace, health, self control. That's you proof know, all that, that he's also a Pauline theologian. Saint Paul loved his lists, also. If, if you read his writings, <laughs> Stoic he, philosophers he liked like his theirs. Um, 
the the uh, the idea though that that it's it's an all encompassing thing and all the pieces of the puzzle have to be have to be in place in order for there to be bread. Yeah. And and that's why it's it's such a there's a whole theology of bread in the in the scriptures if you follow it you know you have the bread of affliction in Genesis three hmm. and and the combine doesn't get you out of the sweat you notice uh, you you can't duck the death they have air conditioned combines now so you can you can eat of your your bread uh, and you don't have to sweat now I'm told some of these combines are like condominiums on wheels they, they really the are bathroom they, they've got, got TV they got TV video games <laughs> and you can actually sync them together so you only have one driver and two combines they work on satellite gps and i mean it's crazy stuff and and yet all that technology and all that pollution's killing you anyway so you see you can't you cannot duck the death no matter how much you try but but so there's death involved corby said this he says he says the the farmer dies the miller dies the baker dies the grocer dies and you in your turn die too all all eating your bread until you die can't escape the hand of death <laughs> exactly but you have you have that you have manna in the wilderness you have uh elijah being sustained miraculously by bread and water for 40 days and nights in the wilderness uh you have jesus feeding of the 5,000, the 4,000, yeah, multiplying the bread. His refusal to, to turn stones into bread. I thought about that as you were talking. Also, you know, yeah. uh, I am the bread of life, and the bread that he gives for the life of the world is his flesh. So, you know. I, I like this. A marginal theologian once said, uh, Jesus is the bread of life, not the caviar of life. I can't, I can't think of, oh, that was you. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, yeah, but, but that's a, that's a great <laughs> argument, I think. For I knew that was coming for, <laughs> when I said marginal theology. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when when people argue against having communion every week, and here Jesus is the bread of life, and and I'll let you flesh that out if you want, but it's a glib comment. I wouldn't use yeah. it as 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 a uh, a justification for weekly communion. But I've used it. But I find it's it, a good one. <laughs> yeah, just don't let anybody parse the logic. Of I always that say swirless says. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was I I was in a church on a day off. I, I I took a Sunday off and and I decided to go visit another church. And the and the preacher there he's going along, and and he 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 makes a quote that sounds eerily familiar. And and he says something like a, a pastor or theologian that I know said this. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, I said that. <laughs> Well, and, I, and I'm talking to him afterward. From? I'm talking to him afterward. He goes, he goes. Did you catch? I was quoting you. I said, I can't get away from myself. I, I, I don't need this. I, I was thankfully didn't mention my name. That, that's just, I, I, that's real. Anyway, uh, but but bread is is especially in Jesus' day. Now, of course, they didn't have Atkins, you know, who turned bread into something really bad. God bless Doctor Atkins. Ah. Uh. Oh, except that soy junk. That's a religion. Ugh. Come on, that's 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 diet is religion. Bite your tongue. It's what are you one of the cool? Are you don't, one of the Atkins Kool Aid sippers? Don't blaspheme. I, can, I I don't stay on it for more than a month at a time. You don't but, stay on it for more than five but minutes. How can you go wrong with eating? <laughs> Bacon, eggs, steak, butter, dude, you're heavy a, cream. You're I mean, a, how can you go wrong with you're that? You're Italian. That's all a vehicle for pasta. I know. Yeah, right. All right. It's, that's it's, that's why I can only stay said. for a month. I crave the pasta. <laughs> yeah, it's in your genetics. Eat the gnocchi. It's it's in your genetics, man. There's there's no way out of it. But um, where were we? You threw me off I my don't chain. Know. Atkins we talking. Oh, we were talking about all the combines and everything. No, like no, we're talking the, about Jesus, the bread of life. Oh, bread of life. Yeah, yeah. And, yep. and see, bread was, that was daily food. 
if you had your bread and maybe a couple of fish, you were set for the day. And and so yeah, he's not a delicacy. He is our daily food. There isn't a day that goes by where we don't need Jesus. And and so I think it's a great. Of course, it's a connection to manna, which by the way lasted only a day, right? Right. Except on Friday. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, it lasted two days. Then. Yeah. Uh, would, uh, uh, Jesus, or, 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 I lost my oh, there, friend. Never mind. There's a moment. <laughs> like a deer in the uh. headlights over here. I had a thought. It's gone. <laughs> Man shall not live by bread alone. There's a thought. I just got that one. Uh, you know, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And, and here we find that Jesus is the word incarnate. And here he's the super bread. You know, he, he is the, uh, the water that you will never th- thirst again from, and and he's the he's the bread that feeds us our very sustenance, everything that we need, every breath that we take is is part of our daily bread here. You know, Luther in in interpreting this petition early, if I recall this correctly, early Luther understood this petition as a petition about Christ and actually the Lord's Supper. Um, and later, later Luther, being later after 1525 Luther, which would include the Catechism, then interpreted daily bread in in more of a mundane, temporal way, like we just read, and that is the stuff pertaining to the support of this body and life. But it's kind of interesting that early Luther took a more of a, a if we, if you will, metaphorical approach, and it was really a, a prayer for the daily Eucharist and for for. For really, for Christ being our daily bread, does it have to be either or? I don't think so. No, uh, because because you know Christ is the source of our bread, as the feeding of the five thousand shows. You know, He's the source of our daily bread, and He Himself is the bread of life, and so His table and our table are intimately connected together. Sounds and, good. I mean, how else can you receive your daily bread with Thanksgiving unless you receive the bread of life? There you go. I'll go with that. That's 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 just airtight. <laughs> oh, what else do you want to talk about with daily bread? Oh, um, um, does that include pasta? Well, pasta is a bread food, so yeah. It is. Does it include beer? Beer is the the mystery of God in bread. You know, beer beer is just bread without flour. Beer is beer. <laughs> well. No, I take that back. It has grain. What am I thinking? It's it's. I, I like to call beer fermented cereal offering. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't drink beer. I don't really like what? beer, but I recognize its sacramental effects. In you that, wait wait wait. Roll the holy, roll, roll the the holy video mystery tape. of beer that it is bread and alcohol at the same time. You, How can this be? I don't know. You do not drink beer. I, I will to is be polite. Is this an Atkins thing? No, I'll drink beer to be is polite. Is this an Italian thing? I You know, I'm a wino. I, I, You're Italian. Beer to me just tastes like stale water. It's Italians like, don't have good beer, do they? Uh, there's, there's I can't one imagine that's, it. that's not bad. Moretti, I think it is. Germans must have been there to, to help them with that. Uh, it's probably from northern Italy. Do you know that in, in every culture around the world, if there's beer, Germans are behind it? That's that's true. Ancient Egypt had beer, but the Germans were there helping. Them yeah, the it. Germans were were behind that too. Well, <laughs> you know, as I was taught at our nice German seminary, that God is German because his first words were "Adam vobistu." That uh, we heard there. Yeah, that's so. a good old. That's that's a that's a good seminary. But Jesus was Italian. Old joke. How do you figure? He was born under the Roman Empire. Yeah, I guess that makes him kind of a de facto Italian, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. So Isn't the that- God the God revealed to us is Italian. <sighs> The weariness, <laughs> the weariness is is just um, 
He he may be a Jewish Italian, but he's <laughs> he's Italian. Can I read a little bit from Helmut Tielicki? Because I, I ran out Speaking of things of to German, talk about five that, minutes ago. That's okay. Ago. We can have moments like this because this is a free broadcast. <laughs> Nobody's paying for and this. And we are free men. And nobody's paying us for this either. Tielicki talks about how in this petition God reminds us that um, he sweats the little trivialities of humankind, that there is no detail that is outside of his gaze. And so he says, He whose eye encompasses in its boundless reach the first day of creation and the last hour of judgment, reflecting all the eternities, he whose outstretched arm enfolds the oceans, islands, and continents, because all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him, he occupies himself with the trivialities of humankind, with the grief of a mother who has lost her son, the predicament of a paralytic, the weariness of his disciples, to whom he says, Come and rest a while. And he does not fail to notice that the people who followed him into the wilderness were hungry. He's even concerned about the wine at a wedding. And he bestows his special love upon the seemingly worthless existences of those who are even more little than the so-called little people, namely the lepers, the lame, and the mentally ill. I think that's a great paragraph. This, this, This petition reminds us that no detail of our lives is unimportant to God. And in praying for daily bread, we are, we are, we're praying for our health and the health of others. We're praying for all the little things that when you add them up become a very big thing. Think about, you know, all it takes is a few little health problems to go wrong. Mm. And pretty soon you can't do your work. Mm-hmm. You can't afford your bread. And, and things just, just kind of uh, roll from there. I, I remember working with a guy once who always reminded us, we are one good job away from being just a homeless bum in the streets. Isn't that the truth? You yeah. know, and, and the majority of Americans, or I don't know, at least a good portion of Americans, live check to check. Yeah. You know, if... if <laughs> as we've discovered. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And the rest goes on Visa. And and as we head into harder economic times, more and more people are going to be losing their jobs. And a lot of these people have been living check to check. And there's going to be a lot of worry. And there's going to be a lot of concern. And this is a time where we can pray... Give us this day our daily bread. Because in this, God is saying, I'm in charge here. I'm going to take care of things. And it may, may not be the way that you want it to go, but, you know, I'm in charge still. You know, people are noticing some interesting things already. Uh, and and I know enough people from my congregation who lived through the Depression and kind yeah. of told the stories of, of how that was and what that, what that was like, what they did. And uh, amazingly, they are some of the most resilient, happy people. And uh, you know, the, the, it, it didn't seem like they were just miserable all the time. They, 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 they made accommodations. Yeah. But I, I'm reading about accommodations even now, even though we're, we're hardly in a position like, like they were. But, but uh, people not driving around for no good reason. You know, right. price of gas has dropped because demand has dropped. Yeah. Uh, people actually doing, doing something about saving a bit. You know, they're, they're talking about, now this would be amazing, is, is a, a holiday season that is not consumed with consumption. Crazy. I mean, can you imagine? We, we, we talk about it all the time. We wring our hands over it. You know, the materialism of Christmas, which is a theme I hate. But nonetheless, can you imagine that? All it takes is, is, is just this kind of this rickety stock market and, and all of this. And all of a sudden, just people quite naturally just sort of withdraw their wallets and say, we got to cool off here. 
you know, every year there's the latest and greatest toy that little Johnny and Susie have to have. And mom and dad will go out and stand in line. But now you have the gift of eBay where you can pay four or five times the retail price for it to be the first kid on the block to have one. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I remember when I was younger, the Cabbage Patch doll craze. Mm -hmm. People were spending ungodly amounts on these crazy little dolls. And, of course, now you can pick them up at a garage sale for a nickel. But, you know, it's, it's just crazy. Well, but that's, that's the other side, too. Is, is, and I, I knew this from the Depression people that, that, that I knew in my congregation. They were very frugal. And they never threw anything out. Yeah. And they, they, they made a little go a really long way. And, and that's the, see, that's the flip side of consumptiveness is, is the disposable society, the landfill society. I mean, shoot, we have, we have this mountain, this fake mountain. <laughs> a couple of miles from where I live, that's landfill. That's that's a mountain of junk. That's just a mountain of crap, you know, that we've accumulated and thrown away because the next thing came along. Uh, Are you telling us that we've run out of time? We've got a minute. Oh man, it's that's been fun. Crazy. I've had we a, still haven't talked about daily bread that much. Yes, we did. I <laughs> I I think I think it was a good balance of humor, uh, shtick. Recommendations, books. This was this was like the God Whisperers thread itself. I think it was a total waste of time, and I'll see you next week. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is a friend of mine.